Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And welcome, my friends, to the Wednesday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour here on 77 WABC Talk Radio. Yes, indeed, we are the crown jewel of American radio and love you being here. 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us, 800-848-9222. We have so much news, I can tell you already that I will not get to the number of stories that I would like to get to today. Right before the program, Princess Di signaled me a breaking news story. The story can be found on the website Mediaite. Breaking Chris Christie reportedly dropping out of the 2024 race. That news was, uh, Mediaite reported it from Mark Halperin, apparently got the scoop on that, the journalist Mark Halperin. Uh, he talked to two sources who said that Christie will be making an announcement at 5 o'clock today in New Hampshire that he is dropping out. Princess Di's comment, well, was that at least Iowa's carbon footprint will be immediately reduced. Of course, tonight is the debate in Iowa between uh, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Both of them go head-to-head. The rest of the field has been cleared, and apparently, if this story is accurate, from being reported on Mediaite this afternoon, Chris Christie will announce he's pulling out of the race today, if the story is accurate. Uh, Of course, you have heard that uh, Hunter Biden showed up today at a congressional hearing. The House Oversight and Accountability Committee hearing was marking up a resolution to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress after he defied them and refused to show up and honor the subpoena that was issued to him last month. Nancy Mace was pretty outspoken. The whole thing turned into a circus, by the way. Following Nancy Mace's remarks, which you will hear shortly, 17 minutes later, Hunter Biden abruptly got up and left when Marjorie Taylor Greene started directing questions toward him, according to news reports. But this is what Nancy Mace had to say when she spotted Hunter Biden front row in the specter of the spectators at the hearing of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee this morning. So my first question is, who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Um, Second question, you are the epitome of white privilege, coming into the Oversight Committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed, what are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here and... Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry. Mr. Chairman, 
Um, if the, the lady recognizes, if the general lady wants to hear from Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. Chairman. Let's take a vote and hear from Hunter Biden. What are you afraid of? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Order, order, order. Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Are women allowed to speak in here or no? You keep interrupting me. I'll interrupt the chairman. I don't know that he's a lady. I think that that Hunter Biden should be arrested right here, right now, and go straight to jail. Our nation is founded on the rule of come law. Come on, come on. And the premise come that on. the law applies equally to everyone, no matter what your last... Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Yeah, it turned into a circus. And again, Hunter Biden left the hearing after 17 minutes after that occurred. Uh, it was a circus act. It was, I think, maybe... I don't know what the design was. And so maybe I shouldn't speculate on it. Whether, whether he was trying to intimidate people by showing up or not. But it turned into a circus. And Nancy Mace, of course, her remarks being widely reported. There was something else that happened in the House. <laughs> yes, I believe. Was it today? It was today or yesterday. And that was with... Uh, Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal, Jayapal. She was uh, speaking at the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, again, thanks to Lisa and Diana. <laughs> I would have been unaware of this one. This was not quite on the same level. The bit of humor here, when you listen to the faux pas from Democrat Pramila Jayapal. The gentlelady from Washington is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Well, I appreciate the passion from my friend across the aisle and the outrage. I think we're all outraged about many things. But if we're going to talk about outrageous things that have happened or things that have never happened, let's talk about the fact that President Trump incited an erection. Uh, and <laughs> maybe that, too. <laughs> yeah, you can talk about that, too, I guess. Maybe we should talk about that, too. The president incited an insurrection. (laughs) Perhaps she was revealing what really goes on in her mind. I was not expecting that. (laughs) I hadn't heard that. Rich cut that. Rich cut that for us, but I didn't hear it. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, well, that was uh, Pramila Pal. With what Donald Trump, this guy lives rent-free in their brains. I wonder if she having dreams at night or something. But Donald Trump apparently is exciting something. Now, okay, a little bit of humor with, with her gaffe. A lot going on with the Speaker of the House. We'll get to that. I don't know whether you um, have been following this or not. The usual December government shutdown scare was pushed further out by Mike Johnson when he took over. And I celebrated that because usually what happens if you follow history, Democrats and Republicans agree in November when there is a shutdown threat to move everything or October to December. Right before the holidays when no one's paying attention, they come up with a deal that usually favors Democrats' wild spending aspirations, packed full of goodies, everybody goes home, and another CR is accomplished. Well, Mike Johnson didn't go along with the playbook, the new speaker. 
He pushed it out. We are days away from when the government would run out of money. He and Chuck Schumer have come up with a deal. The turtle, Mitch McConnell, went along with it. This deal has conservatives from the Freedom Caucus outraged, totally outraged. And this afternoon they held a revolt. They refused to go along with a procedural, some procedural votes that would bring matters to the floor. This is the first open confrontation with the so-called hardcore conservatives, with the real conservatives, and the new speaker, Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson also was praised by Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. That does not make people happy. Now, when I read what Chuck Schumer said, I said, okay, I this is not as bad as I thought it would be looking at the headline. The headline, you can find the story at the Daily B yesterday, Schumer has high praise for Speaker Mike Johnson as GOP lawmakers fume over funding deal. Well, he did praise him. I wouldn't necessarily call it high praise. I think it's more accurate. He said... Chuck Schumer did, that Mike Johnson, he's a very decent, respectful guy, unlike some who want to be macho and bullying and threatening and all of that. He's not like that. But he's in a very, very difficult position. Now, that to me is not so much high praise, but an accurate assessment of the character of the new speaker, Mike Johnson. I don't know where this is going to end up. The spending deal, am I happy with it from what I've read about it? No, I'm not. As usual, Democrats get to spend more money we don't have. Now, That said, the political realities are this. The political realities are that within the next few weeks, the Republican majority will be a one-seat majority due to illnesses and, and so forth. Steve Scalise is going to be out of the House dealing with cancer treatments, and we wish him the very, very best. There's going to be a one-seat majority with Republicans. It is hard to imagine, in my mind, knowing the political realities, that Republicans would ever be happy with whatever deal is made. And I don't say that for lack of wanting a great deal. And would there be defections from the Rhino Caucus if the Freedom Caucus and if the hardcore Republicans get their way absolutely. A political reality, when you look at the House of Representatives, is that conservatives are not the majority of House members. They simply aren't. They are outnumbered by rhinos, 
who I place in a separate category from moderates who sometimes vote conservative, and from even liberal Republicans. The rhinos are in a class all by themselves. But I don't know whether any deal that would please conservatives would be able to pass the current House if we had a House where there was a 20, 25-seat margin, 22, 23, up to 30-seat margin, and there were a lot more conservatives in, could they successfully press for a deal? Yes. Would they? I don't know, because even then, there are fears of a government shutdown on the side of Republicans. Republicans are timid when it comes to using their own power. But when you have a margin of one, I don't know what's possible. I don't believe. Well, heritage action. You know, I I love what the new heritage is doing. Heritage action, and you can find this story also at the Daily BS, says that this new spending framework fails to secure the border or really cut spending. So once again, this is a deal that only Democrats will love and rhinos. But will, the question is, will the Republicans, are they as a party ready for a government shutdown if they hold the line? And to me, the answer is clearly no. They don't have the spine to do a government shutdown. So that said, what kind of deal can be made in the House. The answer to that remains open. Now, Johnson, Speaker Johnson also said today that there is going to be, this is is the quote. This story's in the Hill today. Speaker Johnson, quote, that border fight is coming, and we're going to die on that hill. So the speaker is saying that he is going to block foreign aid to both Ukraine and Israel unless measures include a remain in Mexico policy. If we go back to the Trump policy, and he's saying we're willing to die on this hill, we're not going to give in. Now, you have not heard Mike Johnson yet publicly until this moment issue an ultimatum with a specific policy. He has now. He is saying that unless, unless Biden and the Democrats swallow what they don't want to swallow politically, which is a return to the Trump-era policies of the asylum seekers remaining in Mexico and not crossing into America, you can forget about foreign aid to Ukraine or even to Israel. That might help some of the conservative Republicans in the House swallow this bitter pill that is the new spending deal that Mike Johnson made with Chuck Schumer, the Democrats, 
And oddly enough, the turtle, Mitch McConnell, seems to be a bystander. 1953, Pat Benatar is born. On this day, four-time Grammy winner. Love is a Battlefield, of course, and other huge hits. Boston Early's Rush Hour. When we get back, there is more political news concerning Donald Trump, the trial in New York. There is also a story that I must do. Dr. Fauci has been testifying for two days behind closed doors. We now know some of what has transpired. And it is newsworthy. And we will deal with that. Your call is welcome. 800-848-WABC on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. I guess you could say politics is a battlefield, too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. The gentleman from Washington is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Well, I appreciate the passion from my friend across the aisle and the outrage. I think we're all outraged about many things. But if we're going to talk about outrageous things that have happened or things that have never happened, let's talk about the fact that President Trump incited an erection. Uh, and <laughs> maybe that, too. <laughs> yeah, you could talk about that, too, I guess. Maybe we should talk about that, too. The president incited an insurrection. Birthday today for Rod Stewart. We love Rod Stewart here. I was a member of the Hoochie Coochie Men, Steam Packet, Shotgun Express, Jeff Beck's group, The Faces. By the way, today is the anniversary of Jeff Beck passing. It's hard to believe it's been a year. It is hard to believe that it has been one year since Jeff Beck passed. Yeah, I remember we we spent in the morning, uh, the Saturday morning, arguing with um, with Hunter <laughs> about uh, about Jeff Beck and his guitar playing, right? Exactly. That was a year ago. Wow, it's hard to believe. English guitarist Jeff Beck on this day died, uh, seventy eight years old, bacterial meningitis infection. Rose to prominence as a member of the Yardbirds, but he played with so many people. Just one of the world's most amazing guitarists. This time last year. 
Now, before I get to this Fauci story, ladies and gentlemen, this story, I, I, I flew into a quiet rage. In Los Angeles, there is a cemetery. It is the Los Angeles National Cemetery. That cemetery has, on its sacred ground, the remains of 90,000 veterans, American military veterans, from World War I all the way up through the Vietnam War. 90,000 veterans are buried at Los Angeles National Cemetery. Videos were posted yesterday of a demonstrator, part of a group of the pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian group, vandalizing the National Cemetery in Los Angeles. Demonstrators spray-painted Free Gaza with an upside-down red triangle on the entrance to the National Cemetery. And this is part of these ongoing protests where they've been; these people have been disrupting traffic in New York, in Los Angeles. They were... Uh, 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 chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That is the slogan to erase Israel that has been taken up by many of these people. They also shouted, long live Palestine, long live Intifada, and Biden, you're a liar. We demand a ceasefire. How dare anybody, for whatever reason, vandalize the cemetery where 90,000 American veterans are laid to rest. This is beyond the pale. I don't know who these people think they are going to persuade with these actions. They are despicable. These people need to be thrown in jail for as long as they can possibly be held, and they need to be shamed for the disgrace that they are. How dare these people defile the resting place of American military veterans? Not going to hear much about that in the liberal press for some odd reason. I can't wait to get to your calls. We'll take as many as we can, but let me start with the Fauci business. As I said, Fauci has been testifying two days in Congress behind closed doors. A bit later down the road, this testimony will be released, but the Daily Mail today has some of what has been discussed. Fauci finally coughs up to COVID failures. He admits 
The lab leak is credible. He reveals that he told schools to impose vaccine mandates, and he even praised Donald Trump on offering up the China ban, the travel ban, during the early days of this COVID virus. Fauci is backtracking on so much now that he is testifying under oath to Congress. During his second day of marathon grilling, he confessed that the lab leak, the idea that COVID was engineered by people, not nature. This is man-made. He confessed that the idea that COVID was man-made and accidentally released from a lab in Wuhan was not a conspiracy theory. The Daily Mail says this is significant because he was the chief architect of a 2020 paper that discounted the theory. He, his friends, and former colleagues also spearheaded a paper in The Lancet that called people who believed that this was an engineered disease conspiracy theorists and racists. He is backing away from it now and admitting that COVID, the idea that it was originated in the lab, man-made, is not some kind of wild conspiracy theory. There's a lot more. We'll come back and get to some of that and get to your calls, 800-848-WABC. Wow, it's been a long time since I've heard this. Birthday today for bassist Bob Lang. The Mindbenders gave us this one back in 1966. On Bo Snurley's Rush Hour, WABC, coming right back. Do not go away. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. 1984, Cindy Lauper becomes the first female recording artist since Bobby Gentry back in 1967 to be nominated for five Grammys. 84, she was uh, nominated for Album of the Year, Best New Artist, Best Top Vocal Performance by a Female, Record of the Year, and Song of the Year. Cindy Lauper on WABC. 
All right, this business with Dr. Fauci. I'm going to have to spend more time with this on a podcast or something because we simply don't have the time to go into detail. This is an important story, folks. I maintain and I have maintained that the biggest scandal in human history is COVID. Dr. Fauci has admitted apparently to this committee that there was no scientific rationale whatsoever for this idea that people should stand six feet away from each other. There was no scientific underpinning for this. He also admitted that the vaccine mandates, which he had a major role in pushing down the throats of this country, likely reinforced a general sense of distrust in the government with more and more people questioning its motives. Now, on this, let me just make a side motion to something that, a a reference to something that is not in this news story. Despite all of the sunshine laws that exist on the federal level and freedom of information laws that are supposed to guarantee the American public has access to know what their government is doing, the royalties that are paid to members of the NIH from pharmaceutical companies remain hidden. We don't know how much money individuals who are promoting certain medicines are making because they were involved in the development of those medicines. It astounds me that Congress has not investigated this has not asked to take a look at the laws that shroud government employees who are also double-dipping as private citizens by making royalties on medicines that, in this case, the government promoted. Why this remains a secret? That's not covered in the story. That's something that needs to be examined. Dr. Fauci also is said to have played semantics with the definition of the lab leak theory in speaking with this committee. Now, again, we will find out more about his testimony down the road. We're not sure when. This was all done behind closed doors, but some of it is leaking out. By the way, on Monday, apparently he backtracked on his earlier claims that the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases never allocated government money to gain-of-function research. In other words, our government, was involved in some of these man-made research projects 
like it is believed COVID was. Were we directly, this government, involved in the creation of COVID? We don't know yet. Folks, this is a big deal. And Fauci is backtracking on so much, apparently, behind closed doors. The mask mandate, the vaccine mandate. He was perceived to be against Donald Trump's travel ban from China when this started. Remember, Joe Biden called Donald Trump's travel ban xenophobic. And he blasted Donald Trump for trying to stop air travel from China at the beginning of COVID. Fauci now says, yeah, that was the right thing for him to do, and he supported it. We didn't know that at the time because he didn't appear to support it. There's a lot of backtracking going on here from Dr. Fauci. And the answers we need, we still don't have. This is huge. Now, turning the page, this judge in New York, Arthur Engeron, is now denying President Trump, former President Trump, the chance to participate in his own closing arguments in this sham trial that has been going on, where they are trying to strip Donald Trump of his businesses and make him and his family pariahs. The judge says that Donald Trump has not agreed to stick to matters that the judge says, for instance, the judge doesn't want to be criticized. He doesn't want members of his staff criticized. If Donald Trump is just as part of his defense, he should be able to speak freely and say this is what's going on. But no, this dictator-like judge is now banning, according to the latest news reports, Donald Trump from giving his own closing arguments at this sham fraud trial. The judge and Donald Trump's lawyers had a very heated exchange about all of this. Tonight, Iowa, Ron DeSantis, on stage with Nikki Haley, just the two of them. Again, Mediaite is reporting that Chris Christie is going to drop out this afternoon. Reuters is reporting that Donald Trump holds a wide lead. Latest polling. 49% of self-identified Republicans support Donald Trump. 12% support Nikki Haley. 11% Ron DeSantis. Vivek Ramaswamy pulls in 4%. No other candidate, including Chris Christie, gets more than 2%. 
18% of those polled not sure. Donald Trump, the clear leader. And another circus event, the ex-husband of U.S. Representative Lauren Boebert has now been arrested on assault charges three days after he and Miss Boebert had an altercation at a restaurant. He was charged with third-degree assault, prohibited use of weapons, obstructing a police officer, harassment, disorderly conduct, and third-degree trespassing. That is according to Garfield County Jail Records. The story first appeared in the Daily Beast. I didn't even report on that circus. The initial report says she was slapping the husband around, ex-husband, and that he apparently was stalking her or something like it. The Bobert stuff never stops. It never stops. Or every two or three weeks, there's another Bobert eruption. This one apparently may not be of her own making. We are not sure if the husband was arrested in connection with this latest circus act or not, but it appears there's speculation, put it like that. Overseas. Don't have time to get into this in depth. Ecuador is in the middle of a war. Gang members and cartel drug members have seized a prison there, holding hostages. The president of the country says, we are at war with these drug cartels. This, folks, is real serious business in our hemisphere. I saw some videos of it on Twitter. It's it's bad, yeah. Very bad. And this new president is vowing to try to get a handle on this. But, folks, we have no idea the forces that are at work to fuel this drug trade that affects us so much. Okay. Hey, Matt, can I go to uh, uh, Lou Dobbs a little bit early here? I want some time for rapid calls. Are we good with that? Good. Let's go to Lou Dobbs. Check out Lou Dobbs. Phone calls. I've been hogging all the time. I want to hear what you have to say. So we'll check in with Lou Dobbs, and then we'll come back with your telephone calls here on Boston Early's Rush Hour. Bay Pinkney from the Three Degrees. Birthday today. When will I see you again? Also, heavenly birthday for one of America's iconic record producers, Jerry Wexler, born in 1972, Atlantic Records, Warner, Ray Charles, Phil Spector, Dr. John, Dusty Springfield, Dyer Straits, Bob Dylan. Jerry Wexler was one of the early geniuses of the recording arts and sciences.
What? It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Can't wait to watch the Giants in the playoffs. Oh, that's right. Today's birthday, 1948. Donald Fagan. Vocals, keyboards, Steely Dan. Oh, this is so my favorite Steely Dan song ever. Asia. Donald Fagan on WABC. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Adam in Nassau County, you're up first. Adam, what is the point you would like to make? Uh, something nice and simple today, sir. Uh, Hunter Biden did his thing, man. You know, they they acting like they want him to testify. He came in, and they, you know, now, now they ain't want to ask him nothing. You know, so Hunter Biden proved his point, man. Adam, it was a circus, and you know it. He just came in there to try to hijack the moment, and he succeeded in embarrassing himself and looking silly, just part of the D.C. circus. But I'm glad you were entertained by it. So I look forward to hearing from you uh, this weekend on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Thank you, Adam, as always, for your interesting point of view. Al in Yonkers, New York. You're up next. Make it quick. Al, thank you for yeah, calling. Hi, yeah, hi, Bo. You know, if it's true that Christie's going to get out, uh, he was under intense pressure to get out from the money people. And if that's the case, I'm sure what we expect next is an endorsement for uh, Haley, for uh, Governor Haley. Uh, and it, the race will probably, from a political perspective, even though I'm a Trump supporter, the race then will tighten very much so in New Hampshire. The, uh, New Hampshire, I'm glad you said that. Because it's, it's Iowa, it's not going to change much. She is supposedly surging in New Hampshire. And you heard Rudy talking about what we would call Operation Chaos happening in New Hampshire, where Democrats are being urged to cross the party line and vote for Nikki Haley to try to make an impact on Donald Trump. Let me tell you something. The clear winner so far, according to Reuters polling today, Donald Trump out beating everybody. But, but, interesting point you raised. Thank you, Al. Appreciate it. Let us go to Dave in New Jersey. Dave, welcome. Why do we keep on talking about COVID? Forget about it. It's over. Let bygones be bygones. Who cares who caused it? Number one, I'll tell you why. It is not over. I don't know whether you follow the news. You listen to this station. That means you should be following the news. We have variants of COVID still around. And, in fact, if you look at the hospitalization numbers right now with this new RSV or SVP or whatever they're calling this latest variant, it is affecting people's respiratory systems. This thing is mutated like you can't believe all over the place. Number two, no, you don't just forget about it when there is such an egregious, egregious violation of people's rights, okay? That is not what we do. Oh, I wish I had time for more calls. I don't. 
We leave you today with the music of David Bowie, who passed away on this day. Two days after he released his last album and celebrated his 69th birthday in 2016. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you. Your families, your loved ones, love and gratitude as always for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we're back tomorrow for the Thursday edition of Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Until then, 